When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. We have our co-host, Matt and Vitor, here, as always. This week, we're going to do a quick review of the final preseason game with the Eagles, a 31-31 tie on a Hail Mary in the last second from James Morgan to Kenny Yeboa. Very exciting. Jets finished the preseason without a loss for the first time in a while. And as of tomorrow, uh, it's actually be later today when you guys are hearing this, it is officially cut day. Jets have to get down to their 53-man roster ahead of week one. We're going to go through the biggest storylines with that, uh, position battles to look at, who would be the wide receiver six and potentially wide receiver seven if they keep that many last few roster spots that are going to get filled in finish it all off ready ahead of week one guys we're going to jump right in with the biggest news of the week and that has been the Jets trading for Houston Texans defensive end Shaq Lawson send a sixth round pick in 2022 to Houston to acquire Shaq Lawson after Carl Lawson's injury as well as Vinnie Curry the defensive end spot was seeming seemingly lacking didn't produce too much against the Eagles guys what do you think of the move uh, I love it. Uh, the compensation was pretty good. Uh, and also, I think this move really allows uh, Franklin Myers to to go back to, to being an, an interior defender. Because uh, before this, I think he was pretty much etched in as the, the edge one or edge two uh, next to Huff, maybe. So this move really allows, frees him up to, to go back inside and be a little bit more fluid. Uh, and we're getting a guy that's pretty solid across the board as far as pass rush and uh, run defending. Uh, so it's it's a good move with very uh, little compensation given out, and the cap number is pretty good as well. It's a move that's that repeats a common theme of Joe Douglas and Robert Salah first offseason together at the Jets. You gamble on high upside player, players that were former first-rounders that have high-end physical traits, and you bet on your scheme to take the best of those guys. Gerard Davis, now he's hurt, but it was the same thing. First-round pick of the Lions, didn't live up to the draft slot expectations. The Jets got him, and we're expecting him to be the true starter at Sam. Corey Davis, they paid him money for a former first-round pick that their team didn't want to extend, both to six. Shaq Lawson, now 26-year-old, years old. The Jets gave up a six-round pick that they got for Jordan Willis for him. And it's just a great deal. Value-wise, it's fantastic because the Jets got a guy in the cheap and a guy that's going to beat their starter at edge. We were talking about last week how the Jets need true edge players for the system to work. They need, they, they need those guys to penetrate. They could not rely on Bryce Huff and on Franklin Myers to handle edge duties by themselves. This move gives the Jets flexibility. This move has upside. The value was great. I'm not saying he's going to be Carl Lawson. 
He's not going to be close to Carl Lawson. He's, he'll basically run the role of Vinny Curry, the experienced guy on the edge that will provi provide solid pass rush skills. Now, has Lawson been in an, in an attack defense like ours? Uh, Buffalo is not a, like ours, but they play for a tree. In Miami, he switched it to three four OLB, which is a lot different. But in Buffalo, I think he played under under forgot the name. Tom McDermott. McDermott. Yep, I forgot his name. They play in a four three scheme. I don't think it's as aggressive as Salas Jets because they rotate a lot in the back end. But it was a four three scheme. Yeah, it's not exactly the same as what he's going to do in New York, but it is similar from a. a technique perspective and an alignment perspective where he was playing base end in a four, three Buffalo yep. is not as aggressive. They do a little more twisting up front than uh solid does where he's more get in your gap and, and attack head on, but it's not something that I don't think he can do. I actually think it might be a better fit for his strengths than anything else because Shaq Lawson thing with him is he is young and he did have athletic uh, upside, but his, big number one trait with his was his length with his get off his speed to power and his ability to bull rush and get in, use his length to get into a tackles chest and drive guys back. That can be useful in this scheme. And when you're getting the opportunity to attack the edge and you get tackles that can overset, that's when you can hit him with the inside counters and get him with the one arm stabs and maybe generate some pressure. His pressure numbers have been solid. They haven't been anything amazing. Uh, I would say considering he was a first round pick, maybe a little bit of a disappointment considering he's bounced around the league, but he's still young. And this is a guy with talent. And we got to remember, like you said, Vitor, this is a guy they're trading a sixth round pick for that they got from another player that isn't on their roster. That they traded away. So in essence, they trade Jordan Willis for Shaq Lawson, and it's a solid trade. We said last week, if you're going to make an addition, either swing for the fences or aim low. Don't aim middle of the ground and give up a, a third or a, a second round pick or a conditional third and have a guy that might be solid, but he's here for a year or maybe only has two years of upside. Shaq Lawson might only have a year or two years of upside, but you only gave up a sixth round pick. I'm perfectly yep. fine with the deal. They needed another body. And like you said, it's follows their mold. Find guys with talent that you think you can coach up in your defense. Give them a chance. Yep. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah, so we'll see how Shaq Lawson does in the future. Definitely a solid addition. I think we all agree on that. Let's get into the biggest position battles that still need to be solved. Uh, that's going to be, first off, we're going to go to right tackle uh, on the offense between George Fant and Morgan Moses. Personally, from everything I've seen, it looks like Morgan Moses seems to be uh, the edge and the leader in that clubhouse. But I think George Fant's played really, really well, too. And I'd be perfectly comfortable with either of these guys starting. Yeah, Fant really impressed me in in his run blocking. I feel like... I mean, we've always said that this offense is sort of made for him, and he didn't disappoint. Uh, his pass blocking has definitely left a little to be desired, but uh, as far as run blocking, that he's he's lived up to the hype. Uh, Moses in camp, he he's been he's been he's been worked a little bit, uh, but he sort of settled down in the games, and then now he's nursing an injury. Uh, I don't know if anybody's really clearly won it. Uh, I would still say Moses probably has the edge, though. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I think Moses is going to start, but Fan, he's just a good fit for this scheme. No, nothing else. He can move. He blocked on a screen pass and against the Eagles. I was like, man, this guy is a great scheme fit. And the overreaction of the game, I even said starting. But I think Moses is going to start because one thing that I noticed, the Jets are in a lot of inside stuff, man gap stuff and inside zone. Moses has yeah. that push, right? 
he has that push. He can move people in the running game. It's something that an O-line, you know, it's so hard to teach, the ability to be aggressive and move people. Mikai Backton has it, and Morgan Moses has it. He's an aggressive run blocker, and the Jets are going to be the Jets are going to name him the starter mainly for that. Is he going to be okay in pass pro? I feel like him and Fan they have similar skill sets in, in a sense that they there won't be much difference in the Jets' offense final product, no matter who's starting a right tackle. But if Morgan Moses' ability to push people on the ground game and the Jets running a lot of inside stuff will make Moses the starter. And I'm comfortable with either, either way. It's going to be great to have fun Fan as a swing backup. Even more so, Backton is already banged up with a concussion. If he doesn't play, well, it's good to have fun. Fan. Yeah, in terms of backup tackles, George Fan is about as good as you can hope for. Uh, you're not going to find many better around the league when it comes to backups than a guy like George Fant, who we'd be perfectly comfortable starting the whole season. Now, you mentioned, Vitor, uh, pass protection and being a little, uh, specifically Morgan Moses, where he's better in the run game and being able to dig people out and run inside. And I want to jump off on that even further because in Elijah Vera Tucker got one of his first interviews the other day with the media now that he's back practicing. And they asked, um, he had a question where he was asked about reading different offensive linemen and where if you're playing a scheme like the Jets that's more attacking, do you play that differently than if you're playing a different scheme where they're more reading and reacting or two gapping? And Vera Tucker said in this scheme for the Jets and their offense, it doesn't matter because they want to get their hands on first always where they want to be the aggressor, especially in run blocking and in pass blocking because a lot of their pass concepts are off play action. You need to be the aggressor and you need to get on guys early. There's the old saying in uh, in football coaching where it's pass blocking isn't passive. And that's exactly what the yeah. Jets subscribe to. And I think that's another reason why Morgan Moses fits because if you have the guy that is your good run blocker, you're going to make those play action passes more believable. And it's also more of a similar style of play when you're blocking in play action than when you're run blocking, because you're kind of just getting your push off the ball. And as long as you drive him away from the quarterback, it's not really a matter of creating the pocket in the same way as it would in a traditional drop back pass game. I think Morgan Moses for that reason is why he's going to end up the starter. But again, if it ends up being George Fant, then Morgan Moses is a solid backup. And I'm excited to see George Fant for 17 games. Absolutely. And then let's, God forbid, something happens to Beckton. I think Fant just moves over to left tackle and Moses takes over right tackle. Yeah. Uh, if that happens. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's Moses all the way. For sure. For sure. Well, that'll get us to cornerback two, the last kind of undecided battle on the roster. Handful of different guys still up for grabs. It's mainly been Bless Austin and through preseason and through training camp has gotten the majority of the first team reps in that spot, but there's been a lot of guys vying for playing time. Brandon Eccles in particular has played really well. Uh, Michael Carter, the second in the slot, I think has played well enough to maybe garner some chances outside guys. I'd love to hear what you think about this spot. A couple of weeks ago when I had a cornerback episode, back seven episode, I told you guys last Austin is going to be the starter by default. It's just so hard to break, play cornerback in this league, even more so when you're a rookie, right? So I feel like Blast is going to be the starter. He may lose his starting spot by midseason, but he's okay, right? He's an okay cornerback number two. He has confidence. I feel like he's going to be better on third down than on first and second down. Why? Because of Salah, who allow him to play man on third down, press man, don't have to think too much because everybody knows Blast's problem is his eyes, his awareness. So on early downs, I'm like, hey, Blast might be a liability, but on third down, Blast will be fine. As of now, I think Blast is going to win the job. Blast and Hall is going to be, are going to be an average duo, right? Average duo. Bryce Hall, an average cornerback one. And Blast Austin is slightly below average cornerback two. That's how I think. That's how I view right now. What about you guys? 
Yep, I, I, I agree. Uh, Blesses by default will win the starting job. Uh, if there is a surprise, if there's a surprise, I think it's Eccles that takes a spot from him. I think he's been the most impressive rookie out of all of them. Uh, if it wasn't for the injury, maybe he is the surprise starter uh, week one. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, I think just it's bless all the way. Yeah, I agree. Um, there just hasn't been as much as I do like Eccles and think that he certainly could grow into that spot and take the job. It just hasn't been consistent and enough to where you're going to wrestle it away from this guy. That's got years of starting experience. And as we talk about experience, isn't always a good thing, but it does matter, especially when you're going against a younger player and I'm, I'm right there with you, Vitor. I think he will be better on third down where he can be in a press alignment and focus on the receiver in front of him and not have to be as much in zone. The problem is, are the Jets going to get into enough of those third down situations beforehand to where he's going to get the chance to show off? And that's where I think you could see as the season goes on, maybe they do try somebody else in that spot. Maybe he doesn't keep the job the whole year. Uh, I know we're all hoping that Bless Austin proves us wrong and plays well because the Jets need good corner play. But right now, it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything more than what we're expecting and that it could change by the end of the year. Yeah, he has not shown us anything really that says that he's really, you know, grown as a player in in that realm. Uh, I've seen much of the same that we've seen from him. Uh, we talked about maybe offline, maybe Carter is a, a wild card to be moved outside. Uh, right now, he hasn't taken any snaps outside, so that's an issue. He doesn't really have the work, and he's got the the youth to drag him down as well. So not enough experience. Probably keeps him out for now, uh, but he maybe takes over the slot spot. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Um, I do know that Robert Sala loves uh, Michael Carter II and Javelin Gidry. He said they're both starting caliber nickels, and they're going to have to figure out a way to get both of them on the field. Maybe that means Gidry tries outside. Maybe that means Carter II tries outside. Maybe, you know, there could be a combination of spots where they have different alignments and depending on the matchup, one plays over the other. It's going to be interesting to see because they have talent at corner. The problem is not at, at the outside spot where they really need it the most. You have this abundance of talent in the slot and that's great, but that's not helping you when you have such a desperate need on the other spot. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish we got to see a little bit of them outside they, uh, between the two of them. Two, two, exactly two snaps uh, outside. The rest were in the slot. Yeah, and they both played really well in the slot. Like they've both had great preseasons. They've had great training camps. I, as we were all excited for Javelin Gidry when we talked about for months and months ago, uh, right after the draft and before the draft, where we were saying this guy we think is a find. We think this guy's going to be the starting nickel, and we're excited to see him progress. Hasn't seen anything to make us think other than that. Michael Carter the second's just been really good too as a rookie, and it's it's hard because one of these guys is going to be playing nickel, and the other guy's likely not going to be playing. Meanwhile, you're going to have another spot at corner where you might have a worse player playing in that spot just because they play outside corner. That's true. But it's going to have to be a transition that they're going to have to do mid-season. They're not going to have the luxury of having a camp to figure it out. No, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And I think it could be the Achilles heel of the defense, quite honestly, is, yep. is the alignment of the corners and the secondary in general if you can't generate the pass rush that is now more of a question than we were expecting, are you going to be able to hold up in coverage in the back end to replicate? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. It's going to be hard. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's going to take us to the next question. Uh, that is going to be who is wide receiver six and potentially wide receiver seven. Uh, it's going to be an interesting debate because there is an abundance of talent at wide receiver. And this is going to be an issue where if the Jets do keep only six, there is players that are more than talented enough to be on the roster that are not going to be on the roster. And maybe that's why they end up keeping a seventh wide receiver just because the talent is so deep. They don't want to let other guys go. So just looking at it, the top five, we're going to say are going to be Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore, and Keelan Cole. So that leaves Jeff Smith, Braxton Berrios, and Vincent Smith fighting for the sixth and potentially seven spots. Guys, what do you think about this? Um, now, before I was a firm believer that Berrios was probably going to be the odd man out, uh, but now I'm not so sure. Now that Vincent Smith uh, had an injury, uh, so it, depending on how severe that is, that may be it for Vincent. Maybe he, he, he doesn't make it now. Not, so I'm comfortable with Jeff and Berrios making it. Jeff for the speed, Berrios for the special teams. Yeah, I feel like the Jets have three guys in the bottom of the wide receiver spot that could start for the 2012 Jets. Jeff Smith, Vincent Smith, and Braxton Barrett. The Jets started Chess Shillings and Clyde Gates in a couple of games that year, and I'm sure three, these three guys are better than those two. So I, for one, would keep seven wide receivers and kept Jeff Smith and Braxton Barrett. I feel like Barrett and Wilson, they have a good report, right? If... Crowder goes down, God forbid, Elijah Moore goes down. Berrios can handle the slot. He has special teams value. I'll keep him. He's a likable guy in the locker room. He's a good Jet. And I think the Jets need another guy with Elijah Moore's skill set. A guy that can handle Jet motion dudes. A guy that has great yeah. route running. A guy that has big play potential. And in between Jeff Smith and Vincent Smith, I like Jeff Smith, the receiver, more. Jeff Smith. Last year against Denver Broncos, I saw a good releaser who could work the middle of the field and had dynamic speed after the catch. Jeff Smith, good repetition against the Green Bay Packers, good releases. I saw the same player and looks like he has grown. He looks to have better hands. He looks to be a great fit in his offense. So I would keep both Berrios as a slot guy, special teams guy, and Jeff Smith as an insurance guy for Elijah Moore. The Jets need guys that can make big plays happen in the short, quick game, and in the jet motion game. Yeah, I 110% agree, Vitor. Uh, seven wide receivers with Jeff Smith and Braxton Berrios as the sixth and the seventh receivers is exactly what I would do. And for the exact reasons that you mentioned, uh, I completely and totally agree. They need a true slot backup to Crowder because Elijah Moore is going to be so moved all over the field and be used in different ways than Jamison Crowder will be. They need some guys who can run the option routes. Not that Elijah Moore can't, I'm sure he'd be perfectly capable of it, but if Elijah Moore is lined up at Z, they need somebody else at X or at slot. And that's where I think Braxton Berrios can come in and have his value. He's also really good on scramble drills. He does really good chemistry with his quarterbacks and knows how to get open when the play breaks down. We saw that against the 49ers last year in week two, uh, when the game was completely over, Sam Darnold rolls out to the left and Braxton Berrios works his way open over the middle for a touchdown. I think that has value. And he also has value as a returner, not only on kicks, but on punts. Another thing that you're saving Elijah Moore's health for, because quite personally, I'd rather have Elijah Moore for the offense than for special teams. And if it means Braxton Berrios is the returner, I'm fine with that. He's perfectly capable. It's not like he's a bad returner at all. He's actually been one of the better returners in the NFL over his opportunities of doing it. I think that's going to secure him the roster spot. And Jeff Smith is exactly what you said. He's the Elijah Moore 
other guy where when Elijah Moore's tired, who's going to be running the jet motion and have it be threatening enough to where it actually matters. That's Jeff Smith. He has the speed. He has the agility. Um, I sent you guys a clip on Twitter a few days ago after the Packers game where he got open on a, a deep over route against the corner where the corner froze his feet, which wasn't the best technique from the corner, but Jeff Smith ate him alive anyway and just burst to the outside and got wide open on an over route and Zach Wilson didn't see him, but he was wide open. Those type of guys, the guys that have speed that can get the ball in their hands and do something with Shanahan guys have always loved. They've always had an infatuation with them. The, they just, they love their gadget guys and they're going to need more than one. It's why they drafted Elijah Moore. We said for months that they were missing that guy on the offense and they didn't have the true, you know, number one gadget. Who's going to be your jet sweep motion, deep speed guy. They went out and got Elijah Moore for that reason. He needs a backup. I think that's Jeff Smith. I would keep seven wide receivers. Yep. I mean, Jeff definitely has that utility that you like to see that you sort of need, especially if you have more and you want that kind of player. I I just feel like we need speed on the outside and we could definitely use Jeff for that. But I feel like Vincent feels a little bit more comfortable along the boundary. And if he is healthy, I think he adds just as much value on special teams as Berrios. Uh, and he just, and if we're just thinking of pure slot backup, yeah, Barrios. But at the same time, do we really need a pure slot backup? Because we also have Cole. We so Cole can also be worked inside. Uh, so I don't know if we need another pure slot backup when we definitely have options there. We can even move Jeff Smith inside. So I, that might make Barrios double or triple redundant in terms of that. So at if Vincent Smith's healthy, I would still probably prefer him over Barrios. I think his injury is the deciding factor and that it's a really, really bad time to get hurt because we don't know the, the, uh, the details of the injury. It hasn't been reported yet, but generally when injuries are really, really bad, you know about them right away. And when they're really, really minor, you know about them right away. So the fact that this is something we're not knowing about makes me think that it could linger. And maybe it's enough where if you're deciding which of these guys stays on the roster and you're committed to keeping only seven wide receivers, you might not keep the guy who's hurt. You might take the guy who might be 95% of what he is and healthy. And it's unfortunate, but I will have to see what happens tomorrow. But I'm, I think this is just the worst possible time for him to get hurt. And I think that's why, unfortunately, he's not going to make it. How about this perspective? If we were to cut all three of these guys, who is the least likely to stick around to make it to the practice squad? Barrios. Barrios, yeah. Well, there we go. I think that's the answer then. Let's keep the guy that you know would, would get eaten up as soon as he's gone. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll have at least six. I think they'll have at least six wide receivers, including Braxton Berrios. My gut tells me they'll make it seven with Jeff Smith. But if it is six, I think it will be Berrios as the sixth. Agreed. All right. Well, that brings us to the last few roster spots left. Uh, we don't know exactly how many there's going to be. So rather than try and perfectly predict everything and how it's going to happen, we're just going to give five players personally from each of us that we think are quality players that we would like to see stick on the roster. Matt, I'm going to go ahead and let you go first. Give us your five. All right, so yeah, let's just start with the wide receiver position. Uh, definitely Jeff Smith. Uh, I have Vincent Smith. I just have that preference. But you know what? I, maybe you guys just convinced me to switch to Barrios uh, because yeah, Vincent Smith maybe hangs around 
uh, we're able to put him on the practice squad if we do cut him. So I'm going to change him to Barrios. Uh, then I'm going to go to the running backs. And, let, yeah, let's just keep all five. Johnson, Coleman, Carter, Perrine, and Adams. I feel like Adams has shown enough that he is a valuable running back. He's the kind of guy that will stick around and produce. And if we let him go, I feel like somebody's going to grab him because he's that talented. And I feel like he's only improved as well. Uh, so that's those three. Uh, then if we're going to the defensive side, uh, I think we'll probably keep Marshall and Smart because I feel like they've shown enough that teams are going to really want that. They they like the potent, the upside to Marshall because it, it, when we, he's on the field, you can see how explosive he is. Uh, and Smart has maybe outplayed uh, him and Shepard. So there's there's arguments for for both of those guys to make it. Uh, so that that's my five. What you got, Vitor? Uh, Tenzel's smart defensive tackle. I feel like he should make the team over Nathan Shepard. I feel like Jonathan Marshall will make the team, but Smart versus Shepard, I'm giving the edge to Smart. Like his tape, uh, running back, I'm going with Michael P. Ryan. Uh, I feel like he can be good. He's more well-rounded. I feel like he can do more things than Josh Adams, who has great numbers, breaks a lot of tackles, but I'm going with P. Ryan. Wide receivers, I'm going with Jeff Smith. The Jets kept seven at the time, but if they kept six, I'm going with Jeff Smith over Berrios and Vincent Smith. I'm going with Ryan Griffin, who is not a lot to make this roster. I feel like Jets need to carry three tight ends because Wesco will primarily be a fullback. I like Ryan Griffin when healthy. I feel like he's a good fit. And if Croft, who's a guy who has been hurt a lot in his career, or Herndon disappoint, he can step in and be solid. And I'm going to go with Blake Cashman. It's number five right here in my list. A linebacker that I think will be much needed. The Jets are playing and starting true rookies. I don't know if they're going to get hurt. I don't know if they handle the spotlight. Cashman hasn't gotten hurt just yet. And he's a guy that has been in the NFL for a couple of years. So I feel like he could step in and start at will and be solid. Those are my five. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. We got a lot of crossover uh, on mine between both of yours. Uh, I have Josh Adams as well. Um, I think you could certainly keep five running backs. I'm not necessarily sure I'd be against that, but if you were to keep four, as much as we heard Michael Pirine was doing well in training camp and not saying that he wasn't because he certainly looked like he was, I haven't seen that much in the actual preseason to where I'm sitting here going, Oh, this is the guy I want to keep over Josh Adams because Josh Adams in the preseason is still running over people just like we all expected. And this is a guy where if he doesn't make the roster, another team is going to claim him and he is going to be likely a rotational back on another team that maybe gets more opportunities and gets his chance and plays really well. Cause I think he will. I would love to see a way for him to stay on this roster because I just think he's a talented player and his future is really, really bright. Uh, after that, I also have Tanzel smart. I think he is going to take Nathan Shepard's job and uh, Nathan Shepard is not going to make the team because they have other places on the interior um, as well as Jonathan Marshall, who I think has played enough and shown enough development in a short amount of time. It hasn't been a lot, but considering where he started from, it's been enough where he's going to make the roster. Because again, if you cut him, he's not going to make the practice squad. Some team is going to claim him up. He needs to be on the roster for that reason. And that leads me to my last spot um, on the interior, which is a guy we're kind of forgetting about because he's been hurt. And that's Kyle Phillips. 
I really like like to see a way. It would be a little complicated because Kyle Phillips likely won't be ready to play week one. So he would have to be put on the pup list and be out at least six weeks. But in order to be on the six week pup list, you have to be on the initial 53 man roster to start with. So he would have to take a spot from somebody, then be put on the pup before it could free up that spot again. It is kind of tricky, but I really like this guy's talent. I think he showed a lot in his opportunity when he got to play when he was a young player. And I think he's a great fit in this defense and the type of guy this coaching staff could really do something special with. I would really like to see them find a spot for Kyle Phillips to stay on this, uh, stay on the roster. Um, I have Jeff Smith as well. I think that there is going to be another receiver. I would like it to be Jeff Smith. Vincent Smith, if he wasn't hurt, would make a, a certainly big argument because I think the two of them are almost interchangeable, but with the injury and with Jeff Smith's, I think better potential as a gadget guy, I'd like to see him in that spot. Lastly, I have Ham and because the jets need edge presence. They need guys on the edge that can potentially develop. And it doesn't seem like Jabari Zuniga is long for this world. It just doesn't seem like he has much of a future. The jets keep trying to address their edge position. And if they had any faith in their former third round pick, then they wouldn't be doing it. But that isn't the case. And so I really like to see Rashad take his job and get the chance to develop, grow in this defense, be another guy that can learn because he's really quick. He's bigger than you would like expect for a fast guy, but he's really quick. He's fast off the ball. I like his length. He was productive for his one year uh, in college for the last season when it kind of fell apart, but I'm excited to see what he can do. And I'd like to see him claim another spot. This team needs pass rushers. That's what this team is built around. It's win in the trenches out of the, uh, I have three guys that are trench players out of my five. That's, and that's the important part of the NFL, in my opinion, especially this team. It's where you win. Yeah. Good list. Yeah, that's a good list. I was just looking at special teams uh, snaps for the running backs just to see who has the most experience back there to maybe get in in the special teams uh, position. And, of course, it's Adams and Perrine with the most snaps, uh, with Perrine probably doing the best. So, I mean, if we're going to keep these guys around, they, they have value outside of just being running backs. That is true. That's true. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. We'll see how the actual 53-man roster shapes up right after this is released. So this should be a nice primer before the 4 p.m. deadline. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am your host, Andrew. As always, guys, you know the drill. This is Matt. You can find me at Zazzy Jets. And I'm Vitor. And you can find me at Vitor Paiva M. You can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. As always, at OKD Podcast on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will be back next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.